This is a Housemade Podcast. We're your hosts, Nick Bobbin and John Vieira. We're here to cover your questions about home bartending. Let's get into it. Hey, welcome back, guys, to another episode of the Housemade Podcast. Today, we wanted to kind of get into the world of Amaro. They're kind of those bottles that you see on like some fancy cocktail back bars that you just, you're not quite sure what they are. Um, and so John here recently got super deep into the world of Amaros. And so I wanted to kind of pick his brain about what's going on. John, what, what exactly is an Amaro? Oh man. Uh, an Amaro is technically something that comes from Italy. It literally Amaro means bitter in Italian. Hmm. And so it's different than what we think of as like cocktail bitters and something that's considered non-potable. This mm-hmm. is something that is intended to be drank. However, in Italy, it's extremely common to just drink these things on their own or with a little bit of ice or like maybe soda water. Okay. Uh, they're kind of meant to be like a before or an after dinner sort of thing, you know, stimulate yeah. your appetite or help with digestion. That was really, they've been around forever and that's really kind of like the initial reason that people consume a lot of that stuff over there. It has, however, found its way into the bar world. So we're at a point now in the craft cocktail world where it's like anything you can get your hands on, people are using it in cocktails. Yeah. It can be tricky though, because you're talking about crazy complex flavors. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so you're, you're, okay, so you said bitter. The thing, the thing that comes to mind when you say that is actually like Campari. Right, the bright red bottle you've probably seen in the liquor store. You don't know what it is, and it literally says like I think it says like bitter on the label. Yeah, a lot of them do. Uh, Campari is a really great example of what an amaro is. Why is that? Uh, because it's it's bitter and sweet, which well. is kind of like what you think of, right? So obviously the name bitter reflects that it is bitter. It's going to have some. Maybe some like burnt orange peel or some grapefruit peel. Uh, depends on which one you're you're having at the moment. But not all of them are that bitter and not all of them are that sweet. Campari is a nice middle of the road one that is kind of equally bitter and sweet. And it's light enough that it's easy to kind of jump into for somebody that hasn't had a lot of this stuff before. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, just to be fair, when you, when you say bitter to somebody that's very new to this kind of realm of liquor... Uh, we're talking like more bitter than black coffee or like straight espresso. Ooh, I don't know. I mean, very different. Cause I, right, when, right. when Cause I it's think got sugar to it. Yeah. When I think of the bitter that I get from something like Campari, I'm thinking more like, um, bitter meets tart, almost like the fruit. Oh, like okay. when you think of like bitter fruit, like if you just took a bite straight out of a lime, you'd be like, wow, that was really like, oh, like bitter acidic. and sour. And oh, like, okay. All it right. has to me, at least it has a lot of that. Uh, quality to it. Yeah. Whereas when you think of like espresso or coffee, um, I feel like that's almost more of like a, it's still acidic if you really think about it, especially coffee. But yeah. I feel like it's more of like a not on your palate thing. It's more of like a, okay. <laughs> in yeah, your stomach in your thing. Gut thing. Yeah. Well, I don't really know how to quantify that. So like, it, cause espresso too, also that comes from Italy, right? Absolutely. So yeah. we're talking about all this, this kind of like Italian world of cuisine. Well, I mean, Europe in general too, like, the French have done so much for cuisine and obviously espresso is huge over there too. I mean, anytime you go 
to buy like coffee, right? You're going to see an Italian roast. You're going to see a French roast. Like you're going to see, gotcha, gotcha. you're going to see well, these things. Yeah. And, and when you talk about like geographical location, it's oh, right. not a far stretch to see how they bled. Right. And just think about, I mean, how long these, these places have been around doing what they do. True. I mean, we think about no Rome. concept of that. Yeah. Like that's been there forever. Well, and supposedly, I don't know the exact history, but supposedly that's how something like Amaro, I don't know if they called it that back then, kind of got started was like it dates all the way back to like ancient rome gotcha because kind of oh, so basically what we're kind of looking at is like a wine or some kind of fruit brandy or something like that that mm-hmm. was fortified um with with uh herbs spices barks different things like that yeah and so people used to drink that kind of stuff all the time right 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 I wonder, it, it was seen as good for you i don't know if that was medicinal uh, right because yeah, like yeah. all alcohol Back in the day, even in America, it all started medicinal. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Gotcha. But I think, okay, well, I think that's... way back then they thought it was like actually going to help them live longer, which maybe there's right. something to that because well, little that's... old Italian ladies live forever. So oh, I think I think that's one of the blue zones, right? Is over there in Italy somewhere or like right on the Mediterranean Sea. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's there's something to it. I'd be willing to try my hand at this whole drinking <laughs> Amaro thing to see if... Well, because when you talk about this, this like Italian culture too, it's it's a lot... It, they approach drinking a lot differently. They, they literally drink all day. Yeah, but they're but professionals. They're professionals. And when you're talking about a lot of these Amaros, quite a few of them are like super low alcohol by volume, right? They really are. And, and they're not like... They're not slamming shots of this stuff. Yeah. I think that's like one of the biggest differences with American, American culture to, to anybody else. Yeah. Like drink <laughs> culture is that like everything's like, oh, let's slam these shots. Let's do this. And they're like, no, I'm going to like drink two ounces of this. I'm going to sip it while I'm preparing my meal or while I'm waiting for someone to prepare my meal. And then I'm probably going to have like, you know, like some espresso. And then I'm probably going to have some more alcohol. And mm-hmm. then I'm going to have a cigarette. And then I'm, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and then I'm going to live to 110. Exactly. So I think it's like, it's that whole everything in moderation. Gotcha. You know, because like a lot of the food, a lot of the cuisine, when you look at like Italy and France, they're using a lot of like heavy creams or using like stuff that in America we're like, oh, that's so bad for you. Butter, cheese, flour. But it's like a different caliber of quality, I think. Like, Oh, yeah. I don't know. There's definitely some kind of disconnect and I'm not sure exactly what it is, but they... They are absolutely professionals in that sense. Yeah. Okay. So then with this whole world of Amaro and Italian culture, I've also heard um, words like aperitif and digestif. And so those are, well, like subcategories. Yeah. I think they're, they're probably synonymous with the term Amaro. I don't know that a lot of people in Italy actually refer to anything as Amaro because it means bitters in Italian. So I think they quite frequently ask for bitters and that's what they mean. But when you break it down into types or subcategories, you're going to basically have those two big ones. So an aperitif would be something like Campari or Aperol, something kind of lighter, lower ABV, usually something that's kind of like brighter in color, maybe Uh like a light ambery brown or like a bright red. And that's usually something that you would drink before a meal, kind of stimulating your appetite. Gotcha digestif on the other hand well because well because they're super bitter right so it like gets you salivating yeah it gets your everything moving in there yeah but there's lots of great flavors too so you know back to being a professional these people know what they're tasting right like right. all of these all of these things have their own proprietary ingredients they've been making them for hundreds of years 
you can identify the flavors that are in these things. And so depending on what you're about to eat, you may choose a very specific uh, Amaro to have that kind of, you know, might pair well with what, what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, we don't have access to nearly as many of them in the States, <clears throat> even in places like, um, you know, like San Francisco or New York, where they have a ton of them. Like if you actually go to Italy, like they're, uh, they're more or less infinite. So, Cause yeah, so you'll have many. a bunch of small like winemakers and yeah. stuff making these as well. When, I guess kind of thinking about it, like wine is a good, right. good thing where it's like, you might walk into a winery and say, Hey, I really like, um, I really like uh, Cabernet. And they're like, oh, well, we have this one and this one and this one and this one and this one. And that's just one winery. winery. Yeah. And, so, and they're small. They don't distribute them worldwide. So we don't have access to them over here. Exactly. And so I think it's kind of like that over there um, where there's probably some incredible stuff that we've never even had. Right. But yeah, so a digestif uh, on the other end would be usually darker in color, usually uh, higher ABV or alcohol by volume. Um not typically quite as sweet it seems like most of the mm. ones i've tasted are a little bit um a little bit more bold and yeah. the bitterness They're really, really like palate killers almost because yeah, there's kinda, nothing else that you're going to taste afterwards yeah you're not necessarily like stimulating your appetite at that point it's it's because of how bitter it is there's a biological response that your body has that it kind of just gets your digestive tract <laughs> moving gets everything <laughs> makes you poop yeah, it kind of it just gets it gets that uh, that post meal like oh my god I just ate so much food yeah. it kind of just helps with a lot of that and, and something that comes to mind when I think about those is fernet fernet's a big one yeah fernet kind of it's like the world champion and actually so fernet is its own classification of spirit within yeah. Amaro as it, well right yep it technically is fernet there's lots of different makers of fernet the one that comes to much, mind is bronca yeah fernet bronca is the big one. Yeah, there and everybody's seen them. Almost every bar carries it. Yeah, it's it's become really popular. It, it it's known as the bartender's handshake. Hmm. So it's a big industry thing. Um, I mean, a lot of home bartenders may have never even had it. Uh, the gotcha. first time I had it was just because somebody that I got to know that was working behind a bar handed it to me, hmm. and I was like, "What the hell is this?" Yeah, and I'm I hate to remember it. when I, I the first time I had first, but it does grow on you. Yeah, it does. Well, it's like it's like all these Amaros, right? Uh, I remember the first time I had Campari, and I was like, how does anybody drink this? Because it is gross. And then now, one of my favorite things when I'm out somewhere and I'm trying to really not get drunk is uh, just a Campari and soda. Yeah, or something that uh, you and Ashley discovered semi-recently is the Garibaldi. Oh, God. That is like the best brunch drink on the planet. Mimosas, garbage. Yep. Screwdrivers, once, garbage. Yeah. Once you've had Bloody other, berries, garbage. Once you've had a Garibaldi, which uh, we'll get into this a little bit on the next episode. We're going to do kind of a yeah. two-parter. But uh, once you've had a Garibaldi, you're talking about Campari, uh, blended, not necessarily blended, but mixed in some way with fresh squeezed orange juice. So you get all that oh. pulp and uh, that texture and, and the foaminess yeah. from it. Super good because orange juice just by itself is phenomenal, especially right. fresh squeezed orange juice. It's just a little bit on the sweet side for me. And so then when you put a super bitter component into it, it's just, it changed my life. It's really, really fantastic. And uh, the cool thing is it's pretty too, which I think is really important in the world of like brunch cocktails, right? Oh, yeah. Um, they got to be Instagrammable. They have to be Instagrammable because that's your only justification for drinking that early in the day. Is you can post <laughs> and be like, "Hey, we were having brunch." Um, but it's cool because it looks. Look, I'm not an alcoholic. <laughs> it is Sunday yeah. or Saturday. 
or they, a Friday and I'm off or I'm on vacation. Um, the, the cool thing about Garibaldi's is that they look like uh, your classic like tequila sunrise or something because yeah. there's no grenadine or anything, but that's kind of the color that Campari is. Well, yeah, because it's, it's bright red. It's like bright vibrant red. red. So when you mix that with orange juice, especially fresh orange juice, you get that like insane uh, like gradient between yeah. the orange and the red and you get that like somewhere in between color and it's, I mean, it's one of the most Instagrammable cocktails I've oh, ever gosh, seen. So good. Uh, fun fact with Campari too that I, I learned about um, was up until 2008, that red color from Campari actually came from beetle husk. Yeah. And then it was, I don't know why, in 08, I don't know if it was uh, um, pressure from the American market or if like the beetles were hard to get or what the deal was, but they switched over to red dye number five, which was kind of a bummer after that yeah it was it was probably just a sourcing thing it was probably a sourcing thing and i i haven't personally tasted it but i heard that it did actually taste different because the beetles imparted a kind of a bitter flavor to it as well yeah yeah i've heard that i've always been curious uh and even really really old uh bottles of like fernet branca and stuff like that yeah. there's there's a difference to it just because of probably the quantities that they were making back then versus now yeah you're talking about small batch to like mass production yeah and also herbs and all that stuff that's commercially grown, you have different pesticides and chemicals that you're using to keep, you know, or get a better yield out of everything. Yeah, there's a there's a couple different bars. I can't remember the name off the top of my head, but uh, there's a few bars uh, specifically over kind of on the east side of the United States, places like Chicago, things like that, mm -hmm. uh, where they have access to a lot of stuff. And there are a few places that have had a vintage spirits um like menu i guess i don't know yeah. what, like so they'll they'll do cocktails and stuff but they'll also have like vintage bottles of things like fernet and capari yep. that you can taste and when i say vintage i mean like 1800s, actually yeah, yeah like extremely old early 19s so one that comes to mind just off of that is a uh, white chapel it's in san francisco they're a gin bar and they have a gin library like that where they have a collection of vintage bottles of gin. That would be cool, too. I mean, basically, when you become an enthusiast in any category, oh, it's yeah. really cool. The to, rabbit hole is endless. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine finding your favorite spirit? It's been around since the 1800s. And then you go to a place where they're like, hey, do you want to taste what it used to taste like? And you're like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. It's like the, the closest thing you have to time travel. Yeah. essentially in modern history although it could be it could be dangerous because what if it's like so much better what if it ruins <sighs> i'm sure it is but also so what if better. it's not as good or like not right. that's subjective what if it's not as good as what you're used to right well i guess both ways are subjective right yeah yeah it's it's difficult but i i've always wondered that i've never had the opportunity personally to yeah. go try any of that stuff yeah no it'd be super cool okay so we got so we got what is tomorrow um apertis and digestifs kind of that culture abv what what they are what other what other bottles uh what are, what other things what other like amaros are are common that well, you or you like or there's there's a lot of stuff out there there's much less that we can actually get around here but to to start this off um one of the things that i always think about when i'm looking up amaro in general uh, would be the region, like where it actually comes from. Oh, okay. So yeah, you get yeah. different uh, 
botanicals kind of, and yeah, flavors kind of and stuff flavor out of like where, where it's from. Okay. A lot of the stuff that comes from more northern Italy um, is going to have it's stuff kind of like Braulio, if, if anyone's ever heard of that, where it's got like kind of an alpine, like stone fruit. Hmm. Kind of, it's just a completely different flavor. If you were to um, have a little taster of Braulio next to something like um, Amaro Nonino or something, I mean, we'll talk more about these, but Amaro Nonino is from southern Italy. I don't remember exactly where. They're completely different. Yeah. Um, and so I, I guess that's, I guess that's a good thing to point out too, about this classification of Amaro is bottle to bottle is a hundred percent different. You almost won't even be able to draw a comparison between two, two spirits. That's true. You, you really almost can't, which is why I think the, uh, the region that it's made in it probably comes into play even gotcha, more better. so because okay. there's really no way to quantify the yeah. differences. Cause some of them are going to be like lighter and sweeter and lower alcohol content. Some of them are going to be like darker and richer and higher alcohol content. And some of them are just like Campari and they're just straight bitter. Yeah. And it's, um, it's ancient family recipes as well. So a lot of this stuff, like you, oh, you, you don't, don't even know actually what's in know. it. No, you can pick out certain things and the, there's quite a few speculations on yeah, stuff. You know, the website might give you a little information. They might give you like, you know, here's five of the things that are in here, but they're five not gonna, of the hundred. Yeah. yeah. They're not going to tell you everything. And so, it it adds this like level of mystery, which I think is kind of what keeps me coming back and wanting to try a bunch of different stuff because my palate's not good enough to actually like decipher what's in there, but to taste how different each bottle is, yeah, is really interesting. And so, uh, just just to kind of put some of this in perspective, I have uh, a list of a few popular ones here. So we've got Averna, twenty nine percent alcohol by volume, and it's from Sicily. I love Averna. I do too. Averna is like a, it's black, so it looks intimidating, but it's kind of like a cola-y sweet. It's kind of low ABV, right? Like 20. Uh, it's, it's 29. Okay. So it's not super low. It's not super low, but it's not it's, super high. Well, and when you, so one of my favorite. Well, ways, I guess this is a good way to compare it. It's it's Captain Morgan. Captain Morgan's 30%, isn't it? ABV. Uh, yeah, probably. It's just <laughs> way better. Way better. And it's actually a similar price too. I never really thought about that. Ah, uh, I just like to draw the comparisons with like, commodity brands uh averna one of my absolute favorite things to do with averna is a black manhattan Ooh, you guys have probably heard of this but what you're going to do is take a regular manhattan and you're going to swap the sweet vermouth out for the averna and now i've never really looked at it from an alcohol point of view but you're putting in twice as much alcohol content with the averna versus oh yeah the sweet vermouth because your vermouth is no more uh, than 17 to 19 yeah. usually or something like yeah. that. I don't know. It's 29. It, it depends on the vermouth, but it's usually Which, most vermouths come are coming out of Italy too. Aren't they? Most of them. Yeah. That's, there's, that's there's some... just a, a very baby step away from Amaro. Cause they're yeah. going to be wine bases as opposed to like spirit based. Yep. They are fortified wines. Technically. Um, they have to contain wormwood. Yep. That's what which Amaro's don't have to contain wormwood. Although they might, contain they might. Quite yeah. There's, there's really no rules. Uh, vermouth, I'll have to look into that. I don't know why there's such a very distinct category. I think vermouth might just be seen more in, as like a, a wine over there where mm. it's like, hey, this is this is our strong wine. <laughs> this yeah. is like it's, it's almost like a port. Yeah, kind of. Because I don't sherry. think I don't think there's a whole bunch of people in Italy that are like making themselves Manhattans and things like that. I no, think, it's a very American cocktail. Yeah, they're drinking. They're drinking it like you would a port, like two ounces hmm. at a time mm-hmm, or something. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'll have to look into that, but I've cool. never really thought about the fact that Averna is almost 30% alcohol by volume. 
Uh, yeah, so really, really delicious. Black Manhattan's going to get you blasted. Oh, yeah. And that's something that you can get pretty easily around here uh, where we're at in Idaho. Yeah. Maybe not in other places, but that is an absolutely fantastic kind of entry bottle. If okay. you guys are interested in kind of tasting some of this stuff, come on down to craft if you're in the area as well. We have a ton of this stuff. You can taste it, um, you know, by the ounce and see which ones you like. But yeah, so Averna's from Sicily. And then Campari is... Uh, from a place in Italy called Novara. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly at all. It's 24% alcohol by volume. Uh, quite a bit different. Then you've got something like uh, Chinar, which is only 16.5% alcohol by volume. So that's like almost, that's almost sweet territory. Vermouth. Yeah, but it, right? there's probably no wormwood. That one's main uh, ingredient is artichoke, right? Yeah. Yep. Artichoke heart. But it's almost got kind of like a, it's got a, like sweet, a chocolatey rich, thing yeah. to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's from Venice. Oh. So we're all over the place. And then, of course, uh, the mighty Fernet Branca coming in at 39% alcohol by volume. So, so almost, it's a straight full, foolproof, yeah, pretty much. Almost a foolproof spirit. And it's from Milan. Uh, let's see here. Montenegro is a really, really great one if you guys can find it. Uh, it's 23% alcohol by volume. And it's from Bologna, Italy. Um, so yeah, they're, they're kind of all over the place. So the, the, the region that they come from plays into the flavor a lot, I guess, just as much as the history of the company itself. Gotcha. So it's pretty interesting to look at some of this stuff and see the, uh, the differences, but what's even more interesting is what we're going to talk about on our next episode, which is kind of how you would actually use these in the form of a cocktail. Mm. We've talked about how in Italy they really don't do that. Yep. But we're Americans. We like to mix stuff. We're, we're like, oh, your perfect bottle? Yeah, I'm going to put it with this other bottle. The cool thing is uh, there's a couple of really great books if you guys are interested in learning more about this as well. Now, one is just called Amaro, and it's fantastic. And it's actually the same author that wrote the Bitters book that we talked about before, Brad Thomas Parsons. Um, you can get a hardcover version of this book for like 15 bucks on Amazon, so it's relatively cheap. But he goes over pretty much everything that's available in the U.S. At least, hmm. to my knowledge, uh, which is plus a probably lot. some more. Pro- I, it's yeah, been, it's been a while more. since I read that. Probably some more, but there's a lot of great information in there. Uh, another book that I would recommend would actually be "I'm Just Here for the Drinks." Oh, yep, that's a great one. Souther Teague is a mastermind, but he's so good at using these complex flavors from the Amaro in place of other things yeah. so instead of using like citrus juice in a cocktail he might use montenegro because it's so acidic right and so he's really really good at kind of like picking these these things apart and coming up with yeah some of these cocktail applications for this stuff well and that dude that wrote that book he has a bar in new york and that's literally the only thing they carry tomorrow yeah there's not i mean i think he they, he I says mean, he has like a bottle of old overhaul, like maybe a bottle of gin. But yeah, like they have some it's uh, all Amaro. Yeah, they have some like utility, like backup stuff. Because yeah. like some some Amaro drinks, man, sometimes you just need a little rye whiskey in it and it sets it <laughs> off. You know what I mean? Yep. So it's important to understand kind of what your end goal is. But um, yeah, basically on this on this next episode, this this two part thing that we're doing, we're gonna look at some actual recipes that we can put some of this stuff in using. Uh, Amaro that we can specifically get around here if you guys are are here local to Idaho. These are things that you could go to the store right now and buy, essentially. Mm -hmm. Uh, They do vary in price and availability a lot, so you might have to look up where things are available and stuff like that. But 
essentially you could go to the store, you could buy one of each of these things and you could start making these cocktails at home and seeing what you like. Cool. Well, let's, uh, let's get after it so we can get to the next episode yeah. then. Yeah. So, uh, this is where we start drinking. We'll catch you on the next one. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers.